Coming up this week, Tesla cancels plans to make the Model S Plaid Plus. The i4 from BMW is revealed. Ford has a $20,000 hybrid pickup truck and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 67 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answer your questions about electric vehicles. I want to start off by thanking all of you for your support and understanding these past few weeks. Most of you probably don't know, but I have had some things going on with our family and with work, and I've just a lot going on, and I've I honestly have found very little time to do all of the EV resource stuff. So uh, I'm very thankful for all of you and your patience and the well wishes and understanding and everything. Um, this has probably been the busiest I've ever been in my life, and honestly, uh, things are going really well with a lot. But um, you know, it <laughs> it is certainly hard to find time to cram everything in. Luckily, uh, this past week it has been somewhat of a slow week when it comes to EV news. So. This episode shouldn't be nearly as long as the last one. And uh, actually, I, after I listened to the last episode, when, after I published it, I realized that I had promised a big announcement at the end of last week's episode. And then I completely forgot at that point because it was 44 minutes long. So that being said, I will uh, make the announcement at the end of this episode for this week. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. So on to the news, we'll start off with the lead story this week about Elon Musk tweeting. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has announced now that the automaker will not produce the Plaid Plus variant of the Model S after all. Uh, earlier this year, Tesla announced that it would release the Plaid and Plaid Plus Model S and X vehicles, which of course is a major refresh for the two flagship vehicles that it has. And Originally, they had planned for February deliveries, but of course, that's been pushed back several months and will finally be delivered uh, later this week on the 10th. The Plaid Plus Model S wasn't supposed to be produced until mid-next year, according to Tesla. However, this week, Elon has announced that the speed and performance of the Model S Plaid, not the Plaid Plus, but just the regular old Plaid, uh, I say that, it's actually kind of funny, is as he put it, just so good, and that Tesla doesn't need to produce the Plaid Plus. So the Plaid and Plaid Plus, I mean, really the performance is just staggering. The Plaid itself will do 0 to 60 in 1.99 seconds, so under 2 seconds if you count the one-foot rollout, which is standard across the automotive journalism um, world, I guess. And uh, uh, But it's going to have a top speed of 200 miles an hour. Well, the Plaid Plus was basically still limited to 200 miles an hour, but it was supposed to accelerate even faster. And honestly, uh, I mean, in this way, I'm kind of agreeing with Elon that we, you don't need all of that. <laughs> you really don't. Um, and actually, I think I mentioned it on a recent podcast. The Plaid Model S 
broke the production vehicle record for the quarter mile with uh, 9.247 quarter mile and finishing at 152 miles an hour. And if you're not familiar with quarter mile times and all of that, um, one of the most expensive cars in the world, the Bugatti Sharon Sport, uh, back in 2018, had set the record. And that car, it's a massive, I think it's a V16 engine with four turbos and just, I think it's easily well over a million dollars. So to have a car for $120,000 or $130,000 that has performance that's better than that, um, you don't really need more, do you? <laughs> um, now, that being said, of course, uh, there is the Tesla Roadster that's coming that will eclipse that performance. And honestly, I think that might be one of the reasons why the Plaid Plus is being discontinued or, or not, <laughs> not being made at all is because that would probably... Uh, start to interfere and compete with uh, buyers that would be buying the Roadster, which of course costs twice as much. So uh, while this might be unfortunate for the people who did pre-order the Plaid Plus, honestly, if if they choose to just stick with the Plaid, I think they're going to be just as happy. Uh, next up, Bluebird, the bus maker, announced this month that it has reached the milestone of 500 electric-powered school buses delivered or on order in North America. Now, of course, we already know that Bluebird is selling a lot of electric school buses. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of seeing one of them that they brought here to Richmond. Um, as the only school bus manufacturer that produces and sells all three school bus body configurations as electric vehicles, Bluebird expects its electric bus sales to accelerate through the rest of this year. And those three school bus body, in case you're not familiar with it, which you, you might be, you probably are, uh, you've got like the regular school bus with the nose that sticks out where the engine normally is. You've got the flat front face, uh, and then you've got like the short bus that's not a full-sized uh, school bus. Um, so all three of those Bluebird is going to have as electric. Now, of course, the biggest market for electric school buses is, well, the biggest market for all electric vehicles at this point in North America, California, where over 300 units were delivered already. And school buses at this point seem to be one of the hottest segments of the electric bus market, where there are already 600,000 or so school buses, EV school buses in service in the US and Canada, and sales are just expected to go up. And Bluebird actually intends to increase their production capacity to 3,000 units annually uh, as of next year, which honestly, that's a huge increase from their current target, which was, is to reach 1,000 units a year. So they've said that by 2030, nearly 100% of its sales will come from EV school buses. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense because really in in the next decade well we'll call it 10 years who's going to want to buy a diesel powered anything i mean that just that that seems a little ridiculous by then so moving on to the second to last story and yeah i'm only doing four this week um like i said it's been slow for the news and super busy for me so bad combo i guess but anyway um, this next one comes from The Verge and it's about BMW and their new i4 electric sedan Months after revealing its first new electric vehicle in nearly a decade, the iX SUV, 
BMW is ready to pull back the curtain on its next EV, the i4 electric sedan. And that is the automaker's electrified four series, basically, with up to 300 miles of range and starting at 55,400 for the base model or the low spec model. The i4 is built on the fifth generation of BMW's eDrive EV platform, which combines the electric motors, power electronics, charging system, and high voltage battery. The scalable architecture can be adjusted to accommodate vehicles of different sizes and utility, meaning it's built on the same platform as the iX SUV. Together, the two EVs represent just the tip of the spear in BMW's belated effort to recapture its early EV sales momentum. BMW fans were notably disappointed when the automaker never made successors for the i3 or the i8 in the years since those cars were released, but the company is iterating on the underlying electric technology. The i4, which will arrive stateside in the first quarter of next year, 2022, should be enough to make up for those lost years. BMW is making two variants of the car. The i4 eDrive 40 will have 335 horsepower, a 0-60 to 60 in 5.7 seconds. It will be rear-wheel drive only and have an estimated range of up to 300 miles. But it gets better. The i4 M50 with 536 horsepower will do 0 to 60 in 3.9 seconds, have all-wheel drive, and an estimated range of up to 240 miles. BMW says both range estimates are based on the EPA's standard of testing and not the European WLTP standard. And that's good news because then we don't have to uh, worry about the numbers being less and the 400-volt battery pack is capable of 200-kilowatt charging capacity for high-power DC charging, which BMW says should take 31 minutes to get from 10 to 80%. Driving the i4 is probably going to be really fun, especially the M50 variant, which BMW notes will be the first purely electric performance model from its M Motorsport uh, uh, subsidiary. You know, of course, the sedan will have the near instant torque and low center of gravity that's typical of most, if not all, electric vehicles. When it comes to styling, it is going to have uh, the somewhat unique and polarizing uh, traditional kidney grille. But, of course, being an EV, it's going to be completely blocked off. And then, actually, at the bottom, it's going to have an active uh, flap. So, it'll, it'll be able to control... 10 different stages to allow uh, certain amounts of air to be supplied to the drive system and the battery and brakes and air conditioning and all of that. Cause you still need some airflow going in through uh, heat exchangers and things like that. And uh, so, I mean, BMW has a bunch of new EVs coming out in the f next few years. Uh, they say they have a goal of achieving 50% EV sales by 2030. And they're currently developing an all-electric version of its 5 Series and 7 Series sedans, as well as its entry-level X1 SUV. So you got to wonder kind of, you know, what BMW has been up to over the last, uh, I mean, I don't know, at least five years. You know, wh why has it taken so long to kind of take a uh, serious approach to all this? Um, but, you know, in, in a way, the i4, I think, certainly will make up for that. It's very clear that the i4 is signaling from BMW that they are getting serious now. Okay, so the last news story this week, and I don't normally talk about vehicles on this podcast that you don't plug in. 
as this is an EB podcast. And honestly, um, if it doesn't plug in, I don't care what anybody says. It's just not an EV. So this new pickup from Ford really shouldn't be on my radar. However, it is, and I'm going to tell you why. So Ford this week actually uh, announced their Maverick. It is a hybrid, a gas electric hybrid, and it's actually going to be the first pickup truck in North America with a standard gas electric hybrid drivetrain. And it's going to go on sale this fall. And that's the first bit. Secondly, they're going to sell it starting, the starting price, like the base model Maverick, will start under $20,000. And honestly, that is an amazing price for a pickup truck. And I have a feeling that they're not going to be able to keep up with demand for this thing. I mean, I even want one and I'm not a truck guy and I'm not really interested. Like I'm not going to buy one because uh, I'm just, I'm not in a place where I, I really want to deal with a pickup truck. But I I mean, it's, I had thoughts. I definitely did. Um, and honestly, I mean, this fall, they're going to make it this fall, like produce them. It goes on sale this fall that I don't know how Ford has been able to keep this a secret for so long. Um, and who knows, maybe the lightning, the F-150 electric kind of stole the spotlight. But um, this, honestly, I think will be very cool. So the company unveiled the compact pickup truck this week as the smallest vehicle in its truck lineup. And it's actually going to slot below, of course, the full-size F-150 and the mid-size Ranger pickups. And they said that the Maverick is about three feet shorter in length and seven inches lower than an F-150. And compact pickup trucks are, at least here in North America, kind of an untapped and unproven market. You know, I mean, Ford has kind of expanded into the segment as sales of trucks in the recent years, of course, have skyrocketed compared to other vehicles. It will be a five-passenger, four-door pickup truck, but it's not going to be like other Ford trucks um, being that it will be on a unibody. So it's not going to be uh, a body on frame th the way pickup trucks will, or most pickup trucks are made. So honestly, I think this is a great move for Ford. I mean, this is really smart. The, it's going to get 40 miles to the gallon, which most people that have pickup trucks don't use them as trucks. You know, they get in and they commute to work and back and they just want a truck. So that's what they get. So, this certainly will help a lot of people, at the very least, be more efficient. Um, but something that wasn't said in any of the news articles, and of course this is speculative, but if you ask me, I think there's a good chance that Ford will likely introduce down the road a plug-in hybrid option before going full EV with the Maverick. At least that's what I think. I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Um, so we'll go on to our weekly, uh, or a monthly at this point, sorry, uh, Q and a weekly Q and a, and the last episode, um, and I've, I, I have, uh, stumbled a, a few episodes trying to get this in. So sorry about that really. Um, but the question was, if you could design your very own EV, what would it be like? What features would it have? How fast, or etc. You know, what would it what would it be like? Tell me all about it. Basically, go all out. 
do your own thing and uh, tell me what you'd want, what you'd make. And so I did get a couple of answers. John Bickford said that he would love to see a Boxster or MR2 type uh, spider, small roadster, like uh, uh, I would throw in there perhaps a Miata MX-5, you know, from Mazda. Uh, that is something that I've been wanting and I probably, it, the first company that makes one of those as an electric vehicle will probably get my business, honestly. Um, <laughs> that would be fantastic. So, John, I am with you on that. I really want to see that. Manuel Boss says uh, he would like to have a small family van. Small on the outside, but spacious enough on the inside. Of course, with an 800-volt system, it should be able to tow above 1,500 kilograms, good aerodynamics and uh, efficiency, kind of the complete package. And uh, honestly, I'm with you there too. Uh, with a family with three kids, you know, a van, something a little bit bigger, like uh, would be pretty good. Pretty good, honestly. The only, in, at least in North America here, the only electrified model is the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in hybrid, which is really cool. Um, I don't know why more aren't made. I guess. Americans and North Americans are, are just uh, too SUV happy, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Rajiv Narayan, and, and Rajiv, I got to thank you for taking the time to put this together because you wrote a lot and you put a lot of thought into it, and, and that's really cool, so I want to share that. Uh, Rajiv says, as fun as it would be to dream up an insane EV, such a vehicle would be very expensive. The best EV specs would be one that could accelerate EV adoption the most. So here in the U.S., that would be a small SUV-sized vehicle with more than 300 miles of drivable range, costing less than $30,000. It would be nice for this vehicle to be able to fast charge at at least 100 kilowatts, which is quite doable, and level 2 at 11 kilowatts, which is also doable. I believe the above can be done using a lithium-ion phosphate cathode, like the ones from CATL, they have the advantage of being cobalt-free, cheaper than traditional cells, and now capable of 150 kilowatt hours per gram at the pack level. Throw in some silicon at a cheap graphite anode and cheap to produce pouch cell, and I think you could keep a 75 kilowatt hour pack just under 500 kilograms and at just less than the holy grail price of $100 per kilowatt hour at the pack level. A challenge will be keeping the range above 300 miles with such a pack because very few vehicles do that other than the Model Y, which uh, of course is capable of that feat because of its low coefficient of drag in frontal area. It is important to note that above 50 miles an hour, almost half of the energy being spent by a vehicle is going towards overcoming air resistance. The Model Y has a coefficient of drag of around 0.23, which is amazingly good. So if the coefficient of drag of our theoretical vehicle could be lowered to 0.20, you could achieve this range or more and at the lower price point. And Rajiv, you made a couple of points there, but I'm going to kind of pick out uh, just a few. One, battery pack and uh, is so important. You know, that is something that people uh, don't realize that when you are designing an EV, you know, you really have to kind of design it with the pack in mind and then build out from there. Uh, but secondly, aerodynamics. Because like you said, highway speeds, it is so much to push the air out of the way. And that's probably exacerbated quite a bit when it comes to the winter. The air is colder. It's more dense. It's harder to push out of the way. So 300 miles 
of drivable normal distance uh, in the summertime, I think, is a good target. So great answers. I love all of them. The question for next episode uh, isn't really a question at all, actually, but I'm curious to know something about all of you and the experience that you've had with EVs. So describe, if you would, the most fun experience that you've had in an electric vehicle. And it doesn't have to just be a car. You can think outside the box. It could be a scooter or kids' power wheels uh, or anything powered by electricity. You know, what's the most fun you've had? I want to know, know all about it. I want to hear about your experiences. And, of course, I will read them out on the next episode, which should be this weekend. Back to normal, I think. Uh, I think I'll actually have the time to start and finish all of the recording. So look forward to that. Okay, so I promised and promised and promised. I do have uh, an announcement to make. Actually, a couple announcements. The first, I have recently partnered here in Virginia with Dominion Raceway. They're in Thornburg, uh, which is just south of Fredericksburg, about 60 miles north of Richmond and 60 miles south of Washington, D.C. Um, they and I have come to somewhat of an agreement to allow me to use the track and uh, I'm going to be shooting some car review videos and, and hopefully some other really cool content um, there at the track for the YouTube channel. And one thing I'm really excited about is timed lap videos. And uh, my intention at this point is to do it in a similar style to Top Gear. So if you're, if you're familiar with the British TV show Top Gear, um, they've got a test track uh, that they run different cars around and they keep track of all the times and see how they all uh, compare to each other. So I think that would be cool. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna start doing that. Of course, the first one I'm shooting will be my car, the Spark EV. I'm doing that Friday, so uh, just a couple days away. And perhaps that will set the tone for the uh, other intended car reviews. I Honestly, I wish I could do them every week, uh, a different EV or a different car every week. Um, but, I mean, there's no way I have time for that. So uh, along with the track use, um, I am helping to put on what should be the biggest uh, EV-centric event on the East Coast this year right there at the track. So that is going to be awesome. This year, uh, we're calling it the Electric Festival uh, for short, but basically it's going to close out National Drive Electric Week with uh, an event to remember. And National Drive Electric Week, for those of you who don't know, um, it's a nationwide celebration to raise awareness about the many benefits of all electric and plug-in hybrid cars, trucks, motorcycles, you know, everything across the board. So our little uh, electric festival here at Dominion Raceway will give attendees the opportunity to not only have hands-on experiences with the latest EV models, which uh, will be available through manufacturer displays and Honestly, I would love to get the manufacturers on board giving test drives on the public roads surrounding the facility. Uh, there is also a two-mile road course, a four-tenths of a mile oval track, and a no-prep eighth-mile drag strip, which we're going to use to showcase the performance of various electric vehicles. And, of course, uh, part of this, members of the public, anybody that comes to attend the event, will have the opportunity to drive their own vehicles on the tracks as well. So that is going to be really cool. Of course, there will be live music, a variety of vendor booths, fun activities for kids. 
I'd like to ha- put together an EV panel to discuss the benefits of electric vehicles because there's going to be a lot of people that are are com- coming just curious about EVs, you know, from the general public, not necessarily EV owners. So I ask for your forgiveness because that is really what's been taking up a large part of my time recently. And the second big announcement that I have is starting with the July issue of the EV Resource Magazine. That's not this month. That's next month. Um, Starting in July, it's going to be free for everybody. Uh, Initially, the way I'm going to distribute it, I'll be emailing like a PDF file to anybody who wants the magazine. But at some point, I'll probably figure out a better way to get that out there. So if you guys have any ideas, actually, uh, let me know. I've had the magazine going for a while now, and... While it has grown in readership, I've found that even a dollar a month through Patreon has kind of it's it's been limiting the reach. I've had a few people reach out; they just don't understand how to create an account on Patreon. They don't understand how it works. It's kind of foreign to them. So uh, I'm gonna just start giving it away for free. No longer will it be a dollar a month to access all of the magazines, uh, the magazine issues. Uh, it'll be free you know, here going forward. So if you would like a copy of the magazine starting in July, uh, just shoot me a message over at hello at ev-resource.com and um, I will make sure to put you on the list. So that is all for this week. I do want to thank all of my many very wonderful Patreon supporters. The contribution that you guys have given means really, it really means so much to me and I don't I don't take it for granted at all. So thank you uh, specifically Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller at the executive producer level and James Hart at the producer level. You guys rock. Thank you so very much. Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm going to end it. So that is all for this episode, and I will catch you next time.